Hi, I'm James Dempsey and welcome back to the Poker Podcast, where we get up close and personal with the biggest names in the game. Coming up in this episode, something a little unexpected. They are like spies in the Korean team. <laughs> the lighter side of being a poker star. My friend told me like not to do things and I would just do it anyway. <laughs> There was this. After school, instead of going to do something, they just go to like internet cafe and play together. And a whole lot more. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Time now to reveal our guest for this episode. He's bringing some French flair to our hideaway here in Las Vegas. A big poker podcast. Welcome to Elki. Hey, James. How are you? I'm very good. Yourself? Yeah, great. Now, I know we've got you on a day off here. You're, you're day two tomorrow in the... WSP closer event, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I'm close to chip leader too. I think I was chip leader on day one A, maybe not anymore, but uh, because it's three day ones. But uh, but that's nice to have a lot of chips, yeah. Yeah, and, and a couple of days off as well. To, yeah, that's great too. I'm assuming you're going to fire, you know, bullets if you needed to at that event. There were three starting days. It's always yeah, nice. Yeah, three to starting get... days and unlimited uh, revise every starting day, so that could be <laughs> that could be quite expensive if you weren't bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a good end to the World Series for you. How has the series gone in general for you? Yeah, uh, so so I I mean I played maybe like a dozen of events and. I got the eleven fins like in like a stud event and uh cash in a free K big blind anti, but besides that nothing too nothing too good, you know. So obviously today's a day off, you had a day off yesterday. I imagine you've had a, a few through the series where you haven't where you decided not to play tournaments. What is it you do when you're not playing poker here in Vegas? I usually rest and hang out with friends and uh, go out to eat and uh what are, what are your favorite places to eat in Vegas then? I mean, obviously it's known for its food and uh, you're a Frenchman yeah. and you're actually, known for your yeah, food. Yeah, actually this French place I just opened is really good. Uh, Partage, I don't know if you've been there. It's really good actually. Oh, and yeah. uh, Spring Mountain, so I like that. I love like the Japanese places like Raku and then the new one like Kameo Makase. But there's like too much, so much good food in Vegas. It's like... Uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's really it? tough to make a choice and uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible, yeah. Where's next for Elki in the, on the poker tour? Uh, I think Sochi. We'll go to Kings to play some some events, but like the big like big events for sure, the million Sochi. Yeah. Have you been to Sochi before? Uh, yeah, I've been twice actually. The game is huge there, right? I mean, the last millions there. I think for one short, the guarantee or nine hundred ninety nine players for the main. Yeah, event, it's so. impressive. Yeah, especially for I guess a venue that isn't as attractive to other people to come and travel to. You don't yeah. get so many international players. Yeah, it's nice, but actually you need to get a visa, so it's not that easy. It's not that easier to go to like uh, logistically. It's like. You know, poker players are pretty lazy. Like, <laughs> you kind of want to go last minute if you have to get a visa. It's like, oh. That, that's the problem, right? So many poker players plan their trips last minute. They decide yeah. the week before I'm going to go to that event. With Sochi, that's maybe not the easiest thing to do. I know once we were fortunate enough here to have a service where our visas were sorted here, but you'd have to know, you know, a month in advance that you're yeah, going to go. Yeah, it's like two months almost, right? It's like an eternity for poker players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows how, how skint you're going to be there then, right? <laughs> if you had bad run at the tables, how are you possibly going to make it to those next events? So obviously after Sochi, um, on the party poker tour, we got uh, the Nottingham, UK millions. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Yeah, it's going to be pretty busy because uh, Sochi and then uh, Nottingham and then uh, the World Series Europe and then the Caribbean stop. So that's going to be a pretty busy end of the year, yeah. And of course, everyone I've spoken to is looking forward to Bahamar, especially for the Caribbean poker party, a new venue. I think you just opened, right? Yeah, yeah. You opened like, this year or last year? Have yeah, you been? I have not been yet. No. no, I'm very excited. I actually met someone the other day who'd been and oh, yeah? was raving about it. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting for sure. Huge events there. Party poker putting on main events. You're looking to play all of those, I guess. Uh, pretty much all of those, yeah. Yeah, crazy scheduling. And at the end of the year, also there is like the 20 million uh, yeah. online. That's insane as well. Because so. that's obviously, I, I guess your your love is online poker more than live poker. I really like both, you know. Like uh, when I first started, I loved online more, but now it's just like mm, I don't know. They're quite different. They're both really fun, and uh, and sometimes it's refreshing to just like play at home without having to travel. It's also really nice. I like the atmosphere in live events, but 
when it's like really far and like a lot of traveling is like can be a little bit tiring. It's nice to just play at home whenever you want, you know, for how long you want. It's really great. I mean, it's interesting. Your your story is quite. I guess you're not unique in poker, but it's certainly the highest profile. You started off in what we now call esports with StarCraft and things back when you were how old? How old when you started playing those games? Well, I started playing video games when I was three years old. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brother, he, uh, he got like a computer for his birthday and then my sister wouldn't want to play with him. So he was like torturing me. So that was kind of unfair because he's like 10 years older than me and I could <laughs> never win ever for like the longest time, you know. <laughs> but I always loved games. And then when I moved to South Korea, I was like 19. At the time, it was like the only place where you could be like a professional gamer because like there was like pretty much like no esports anywhere in the world. They were like so ahead. They were like they had like games on TV all the time, and like right. everybody loves the game there. So uh, it was so popular. If it wasn't for poker, I would probably still be in South Korea because I really love it there. It's, uh, it was just so random that it happened to be like the place to where esports was big. But actually, I really I really love the lifestyle and. the country have you been to Seoul no I've never uh, been yes, to South Korea. It's, very, it's very fun it's like I think yeah. it's one of the most fun places there. so how, how did you go though for obviously from so you started playing games when you were very young uh, in high school I was playing a lot and there had like tournaments in Europe but uh, they had tournaments a little bit all over the world and some in Europe but like the bigger ones they were in Korea and then in Korea you could actually get like sponsored by a team because they had like games on TV they had like cable channel dedicated to the game and where they were like broadcasting the show so that was a uh, that was the only place where you could actually make a living, so that's kind of uh, pretty much the only reason why I moved there because I really wanted to like uh, give it a shot and uh, take a chance because that was my passion and I loved the game, so I wanted to to try and that's why I moved to Korea and then I ended up like yeah I love the country. Yeah. I was looking through obviously your uh, your results in world tournaments and European tournaments, StarCraft and other games is pretty impressive. Obviously, I know nothing about these games. I I understand. I had someone explain to me earlier about StarCraft is basically I suppose broken down it's it's mostly a strategy and quick thinking game and combination of things that i guess i could see why those skills transfer over to poker but how would you best describe starcraft to someone who perhaps who hasn't played it before uh yeah it's like real-time strategy game so basically like you uh, it's a lot of strategy but you have to be acting really quick as well right because everything is real time so the faster you act and the faster your abilities with like the keyboard and the mouse the more action you can do as well so it's like a it's really important to to be fast, and the reflexes are like uh, super important. And um, I think yeah, a lot of StarCraft players ended up being very successful poker players because uh, it's quite similar in some ways that uh, both like games of incomplete information. You know, like in poker, you have to like anticipate your opponent's action and like guess you don't you never know what he has, but you like kind of know like how he played previously and some information of his like betting pattern and so on. And in StarCraft is kind of the same way you never know exactly what you're you know, I don't know if you play you have like fog of war so you have a map and you can only see whatever your army is seeing so right. you don't know exactly what your opponent is doing so you have to anticipate guess and predict and just like make a strategy and like have a plan and be ready so like if you think you can do this you, how you're going to counter it as well so uh, so that's important that's really important yeah and uh, thinking quite fast and uh, having like all the different possibilities mapped out like before it can even happen it's important and uh I think the pressure and being like strong mentally is also really important. But I think as for like any competitive game or sport, it's really important to be able to perform under pressure and like not lose your. Uh... I had some Korean guys in the in my team actually. They were like the best. Like they would win. They would beat me like seventy percent of the time. And then whenever they go on TV for like a real game, they would like always <laughs> choke. And uh... and I think it's quite the same for poker too. It's important because like it's easier to play uh, well online you know when you're in comfort of your home and stuff but when you're like on the tv stage with like a lot of pressure and so on and it's like 
I think everybody deteriorates a little bit, right. but I guess part of it, yeah, they obviously don't want to make a mistake and be shown, and almost that fear sometimes paralyzes people. Yeah, right? either, either they don't want to make mistake or they want to impress and they want to like, they want to show off for the TV and try to make like a crazy move that they would like never, <laughs> never, never do like if it was like a regular game where like nobody was watching, you know. So it can be one extreme or the other. Yeah, I guess in poker, it's part of that is when you're playing a feature table is, is judging how you see an opponent, which which one of those they're going to be. Yeah. But I guess in a game like StarCraft, it was just so fast moving. I guess you're just not things like that, right? It's just the fact that some people make bad decisions because they feel that much pressure. Yeah, yeah, but it's a little bit like sometimes there are also like some uh, areas where you there are also some risks you have to take in StarCraft, you know, because like some strategies are like. Uh, there are some counters, so like you can be like a little bit greedy with your strategy or not, and then like sometimes you can play like really safe. But if you're like uh, playing too safe, then it's like easier to be defeated actually. So like some people like they will just like not want to take any risk on TV for the important games, and then it's kind of like easier to uh, to beat them out because you know they're not gonna do like anything like out of the ordinary or like crazy strategy. So it's a little bit similar in some way too. Yeah. Moving to Korea at 19, it must be quite an awesome experience right yeah like that was a pretty, cra- pretty crazy to, experience yeah actually <gasps> and obviously you had success before you, you moved there you moved there to try and make a living out of playing games but was that what you were sure was going to work or was it kind of a we'll go there and see what happens if it doesn't i can just come home yeah yeah i mean I, you can never be 100 percent sure but uh but i was quite confident and then i was like i'm like even if it doesn't work you know i can come home and study or do something else it's just like well i knew it was that it was a time to do it you know if i just like study and I wasn't going to do it when I was like 25 or later on. It was just like the time to take the opportunity and then like it would have been a great experience uh, even if it didn't, didn't uh, work out as well, you know, and I think uh, Korea is like really, really different than uh, than Europe actually. And yeah, really, I mean, like a great like a learning experience as well because like discovering a new culture and like uh, living there for years, it's a... Uh, yeah, especially at that age, right? I mean, it's still very formative. Switching to, as you say, a very different culture. Oh, yeah, right. I think that's actually made me much more competitive. Because in Europe, like, people are competitive, but it's nothing compared to uh, <laughs> Korea. Korea is a pretty crazy competitive, actually. It's, like, it's pretty insane. Like, I'm guessing the name Elki comes from your gaming background. Uh, actually, it came from, like, at the beginning, it was, like, some kind of role-playing game, like, a name of a character, and then I use it online. And then, like, also in Korea, they cannot pronounce R in the names. They just don't have the sound, so... <laughs> So it's much easier for people to call me Elki. And then like when I started playing poker online, then I would have my ID as Elki and I put my picture. So like whenever I, like, I played online for years before I played like live tournaments, right? So all the people uh, that I play online with, like when I meet them at live events, they just call me Elki because that's my screen name. And then nobody can pronounce my first name and my <laughs> last name. So it's just, uh, <laughs> it's easier as well, right? It makes it easy. You know, everyone knows of Elki. It's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things, right? Pete, the duh, we got Isolde, you know, these online players who are, so famous and part of that is the, the cool unique names that you guys hold you're bigger than just a person it's like a brand of elky you know like the phenomenal results and obviously you played all this uh all this stuff in korea and then they made a decision to transfer to online poker or you just started playing and realized that you were kind of good at it yeah it's kind of both so my friend uh, introduced me to the game like uh late 2003 actually when uh moneymaker won the main event and then you know there's a huge poker boom so I was like talking to him and he's like, yeah, you know, you should try poker. I'm like, poker? What, what is this? Like, what? He's like, yeah, just go online and I'll give you $10 and uh, you can play. So I'm like, okay, why not, you know? So I just started playing and I, I really love the game because it's a mixture of everything, you know? It's a mixture of like skill and patience and like and luck and like risk-taking and psychology. Math is like, it encompasses so many things and uh, it was really fun. But 
for the first few months, I was like, uh, it was just like a hobby, and I was like not really focusing so much. I barely knew the rules, actually. My friend told me like not to do things, and I would just <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> He's like, yeah, play tight, you know. He's like, play tight, you don't waste Quinten under the gun. And I'm like, oh, Quinten is so nice, man. Such a pretty hand. <laughs> and he's like, another uh, advice he gave me is like, never play tournaments. And I'm like, after, like, <laughs> after a week, I play this tournament, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I get fur. I'm like, wow, tournaments are really fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> but after a few months, so like, I was doing so so, and then I decided I really love the game, so I decided to like uh, really take it seriously and try to improve and uh, and get better. But back then it wasn't that easy. I mean, everybody, everybody was pretty bad. You don't need to be that good to win, but there was like much less learning uh, material. Like, there was pretty much nothing. I shared out of the books that were available in 2003, and there were like five books. And uh, Doug Bonson's book was pretty okay, but then there was like this book from like T.J. Cloutier and uh, Tom McEvoy, and it's like. <laughs> Queens is a small pair. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you, now when you look back you, at that you stuff. You raise this king, and if you don't need anything, you just check forward. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was already kind of suspicious back then. Now it's like crazy, but back then it's like, oh, okay, you just go with this king, and you wait to eat an S or a king. Like, okay. <laughs> so 2003 was when it kind of started for you, and you rose up as a very famous online player. I think, am I right in saying you were the first Supernova Elite on Pokestars? Yeah, Stars first Supernova well? and first Supernova Elite, yeah. Wow, the, the, the so, double. So yeah, it was it came gradually. So like, uh, started to learn more about the game, and I was doing really well. And at the same time, like, StarCraft was still fun, but like, there were like more like team events. And some of our team members they went to the you know in Korea they all have to go to the military for like twenty six months. It's pretty rough, actually. <laughs> so like, some guys had to quit for the military, and one of my other teammates he got a little bit demotivated. So and we had some some argument with our manager as well. And then uh, I love playing the game. We saw a deal where we had to like we present this thing, and we had to travel like to the other side of the country for like the entire day and like do an event there. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? It's like, I don't really <laughs> like to do that. I just want to play, I just like uh, to play poker or like, I like to play games, but I, so like poker, it gave me like uh, so much freedom. And then when I was doing better and like also like um, qualifying for events and give me the opportunity to travel the world, it was something that's like really exciting because there are like stops in like all the best cities in the yeah. world and being able to discover everything. I really like enjoyed it because uh, Korea is great, but when like playing StarCraft, it's like the schedule is really tough. Basically, you only get like a couple of weeks off a year because they wow. have like tournaments all the time. Like depends how you do in tournaments because like some leagues they last for like three months. So if you go really far, you have to play pretty much every week for three months. Even if you don't go far in this one, there's like ones overlapping and starting, so they really have like a very very time off. So like the events, they were like a kind of like a, some events that last a week, like the big uh, World Cyber Game or something, or like some exhibition. That you can do like for a couple of days but like the like biggest tv leagues they usually last yeah like two to three months per league because there are like leagues on different tv stations at the same time and like team leagues and stuff and you cannot really be away for like uh, if you do really good then you like no time off ever <laughs> if you like bust all the leagues in the beginning maybe sometimes you have a couple of weeks off but it's like a hard schedule and uh, and you have to practice like really really hard as well it's like i love the game but it's very very tough now it's a little bit easier, but still, I mean, like the game is not easier, but it's easier to make a living because there's like more, right? There's more, uh, more exposure and more opportunity into esports. But back then, if you're not like top five or top ten in the world, then you can't really like uh, wow. make money from it. So poker seems pretty easy. You just have to find somebody who's worse <laughs> than you. Well, that's it, right? it, it, I guess the equivalent of just playing, you're playing StarCraft for money against someone who's not very good is the kind of yeah. equivalent thing, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, there's 
very small variance in StarCraft. So if somebody is not as good, he's going to quit playing you like pretty fast. Pretty right. fast, you know, okay, if you play like together and I beat you like a few times after a while, you're going to be like... A <laughs> when you obviously allude to these teams, again, for people who don't know, like myself, how many of you are in a, in a StarCraft team then? How uh, maybe like, it depends on the team. So between like five and ten usually, but sometimes more. But I mean, StarCraft is like a one-on-one game sure. mostly, but uh, we practice together and because it's like... At high level, you want to practice with your teammates because when you look like, when you know like uh, the map and the opponents that you're gonna have, so you can practice a specific matchup on a specific map and a strategy, and then you don't want it to uh, come out. So like, if you practice with your teammate, then they, you know you know they're not gonna leak out the strategy. And actually, right. there was like they had a lot of those like dramas that they had like spies in the Korean team. <laughs> they had like a yeah like wow. a double agent, and he was like playing a team. And at night time, he would because at the time there was like. The replays it would be like on the hardware, so at night time he would like uh, go and steal the replays from the from the computers and then give it, give it to the other team. So like you would like have an idea of like what strategy wow. like uh, you're preferring and stuff. That's like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I guess when you're when you're practicing and, and doing those games, your opponents are playing what in in a certain strategy you think your opponent might play in in the real game. Is yeah, or like there's like uh, matchups, right? So let's say there's like three different races, and usually you specialize in one. So if you know your opponent as as another one, then you practice only against this one because the strategy against other ones will be totally different. So you only practice on this map against this one, and if you like practice a specific like a builder strategy, you can make it like much more like uh, customized and prepare really like for. It's, it's very very specific. Like it's a totally different strategy that you will use if you play like a random game or so on. So. Right. Because if they have the replays and if they have this information, they have a huge edge because they kind of know like most likely gonna do, you know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible because it kind of reminds me of the only thing in poker that's anything like that. I guess would be where well, we have in the past had the November nine, and you hear people practicing the final tables and getting people to play in the style of their opponents and that kind of thing. Yeah. Just, just learning countering strategies and whatnot. I guess it's probably the only way that's transferred over to poker. Yeah, but. yeah, poker is quite. It's like there's much more random. Uh, it's not as uh, customizable you know you never know like exactly what you like, even if you know like your opponent like they're always gonna mix it up or they're always like kind of like you cannot really like predict their styles there's like it's so quite... much situations that are different you know like everything can be like positioning the chip stacks the, the flow of the game is just change poker changes like very very quick you know like even if you expect somebody to play like that especially in november 9 it's like you can practice a lot but also like everybody's gonna change their style a lot within like those few months so right. it's like uh so it's almost, yeah, you can be detrimental, I guess, some of the time as well. Yeah, because you're going to, if you see the coverage and you expect this guy played like this for like the six days leading to the final, and then this, he might also just like study a lot and like completely change his style for the for the actual final table. So it's pretty difficult to do so, yeah. But something I have to be kind of careful in poker too, because if you play with someone and then he has, he has a specific style and then you play with him like three or six months or one year later, then he might be a totally different person. So it's... It's important to keep in mind the handy story that you have with him, but it's also important to always keep be open-minded and always right. like uh, accumulate the new information, you know, because it's not because you could exploit this person in a specific way like uh, last year, and he might just like be like totally different player now. Usually it's kind of hard too, right? The game evolves pretty fast. Was that something that used to happen in StarCraft as well? Would things evolve or was it...? Uh, yeah, the game evolves a lot too, like crazy fast too, actually, like... Uh, it was evolving like really fast. At the very, very beginning, actually, the Koreans, they were not the best. And then a few years in, they became the best. And now they're like pretty much the best in like almost all the games. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> they practice really hard and then like, they just evolve like new strategy. And then with millions of games, you know, it's just like... But I think it's also like a trend for everything. Everything just become like closer to like solved or like every, every, in every game, it becomes like 
so much better. The skill level is just so much higher in everything. I think in every sport, every yeah. game, everywhere, it's like insane. If you just play so against someone like 10 years ago, there's uh, no chance. It's the yeah. same in StarCraft, in tennis, in football, every game, right? Poker. Well, I guess as more money pours in, more people want to do it for a living, the people are going to work harder, right? It's yeah, that. And it's just like basically like people are just like, the more like we put like work into a field, like we just like improve and get better and like the common knowledge of the, of a field, you know? I think like, but humans are good at that, you know, every time we focus on something, we just get better and better at everything. So the average uh, skill level increases a lot. Even in StarCraft, it increases a lot now. Sometimes I played like StarCraft 2 for fun and like, I'm like, oh, people are so good now. <laughs> Sick. But poker is the same. People are really good now. Like in 2003, it was really hard to get information. So it's hard to get better, but I had no idea what I was doing. And then I was like winning a lot. <laughs> and I talked to like one of my... Mr. Smokey, uh, Steve Bilirakis. We, we played together like in 2004 and five, and I saw him at the Rio too. And like, are you playing a lot? And like, no, nah, I'm not playing as much. You know, I have kids and stuff, and it's like hard now. And it's like, yeah, man. I remember <laughs> when we started, we were so bad. <laughs> we were winning everyone. And then he was like, yeah, man, we were so bad, and we were still winning. So I was like, <laughs> but that's the funny thing, you know, especially with poker, obviously. There's so many more variables. I mean, there's so many variables in poker, and obviously, it's like player tendencies and stuff. It's if you don't look back and look at how you played a year ago and don't think you were bad, then, then yeah. you're, probably, you're probably pretty bad now, right? If you don't recognize how badly you played a year ago, is that, is that yeah, something yeah, you hold true? Yeah. Obviously, I mean, you've been dominant in poker for a very, very long time. You must have felt that every year that you look back at how you played previously and thought, well, that guy wasn't very good. It's important to always, to always improve yourself because the game evolves like uh, pretty fast. I mean, like maybe not as fast as before just because it's just a curve right like people 2003 people no, no nobody knew anything about anything like people were open like 5x free flop and just like check four days king on like uh, any on like a do this five ball or something no idea about the range or anything but of course the level is always gonna i think it's always gonna increase pretty much in every every uh poker is like every sport or endeavor or anything like maybe it's increased like a little bit not as fast just because they are like uh it's more like a hobby for some people and there's a lot of recreational players or like a lot of people as opposed to like when you play like StarCraft, like high level, you only play against other pros, right? So it's like we always like that's what we do all day and we want to improve all the time. But when you play poker, you can you still have a lot of people who play for fun. And of course, it's fun to improve yourself, but they don't necessarily have the time. And then sometimes it's like it's more fun to, to play bad. <laughs> yeah, than, I mean, yeah. Because right? <laughs> like a lot of the time it's like if it's like a close spot and then like. You have to be quite disciplined and patient, and it's like it's more fun to like play lose and to play a lot of hand and to just like bluff and to like make a lot of questionable plays. So I think a lot of players they like play. I mean, obviously winning is more fun, but they play primarily to have fun and uh, and they will still have fun. They don't necessarily like work on the game too much. I think more live as well. This thing is like much more live than online. I think online people are like uh, the skill level increases like way way faster. Right. I play like the. Power fest on party and we were really good and, and and then like I come here and play like the one k and the fifteen hundred I'm like oh man kind of feel like ten years ago you feel like yeah. some some of those events actually those guys they've been playing the same uh, same style as they played ten years ago you know so well for sh- for sure certainly uh, in America you're playing against people who don't get exposed to online poker as such they yeah. don't improve and they're playing in a small player pool back home wherever they are sometimes just in home games or a local casino and they don't have that outside influence right so no one's really pushing the game to a to another yeah, level yeah, of so course. they're kind of stuck in a time warp in terms and a lot of, of them they, they come to vegas they only play like a couple of times a year you know they come to vegas once a year for their like uh, their vacation and they play poker for a little bit there's definitely like really the bigger uh, information disadvantage to, for compared to some to some others so like 
the bigger buy-ins, like the games are really tough, but like in the smaller buy-ins and like the more recreational, definitely it's like the pace of like uh, improving is much more alive than online and it's even like smaller in the US because most of them can play online, as you said, right. and it's like very detrimental for for them to improve their game because like if they have like, if they have a recreational player, if they have like a job and they just play as a hobby, you know, it's not like they can just go travel to play poker whenever they want. And, like, and even if they can travel, like, you know, when you travel at a stop and you play like three tournaments, you get some experience, but if you play online one day, you can play like 20 tournaments and you get like seven times the experience just for <laughs> like in like one evening, you know? It's like pretty incredible how much more experience you can get playing online than, uh, than live, actually. Nearly all the top players in the world have come through an online background. Obviously, there are some exceptions, but you yourself, obviously, as I was saying earlier, were, were huge online and you you came through, obviously, starting, as you say, just as a, as a secondary thing to the esports. And of course, quite quickly, won a triple crown right you were on EPT WPT and a world series bracelet so at what point did you feel on this sort of rise up the game that this was where you needed to be at pretty early like when I even before I won like the first big tournament you know I really like uh, I really enjoyed the game actually before even when I was playing cash game I really I really uh, I enjoyed the game the lifestyle and so it was something that I'm like not only I enjoy but I'm pretty good at it so it's like a year and a year and a half in I realized that you know it's like Poker is something that's uh, for me. So, <laughs> but I never, ex- and when I first started, I never expected to have this uh, success either. You know, my friend he was like showing me this thing about money maker, like wow, those guys win the World Series, <laughs> many men. And then I was watching. Uh, I was so amazed, at, like watching it, and I never expected to be able to like to play with them and compete with them uh, one day. Now you're fully established, but at that point, those kind of guys who would have been your poker idols, those are the guys that maybe you were like, wow, that's... that's yeah, cool. I'm like, I look at them and like, wow, that's amazing what they're, what, uh, what they're doing and then, like, they're so, so so successful and they're so good and uh, I idolize all of them. I mean, like, they're, sti- they're still, like, insanely successful. We are coming towards the end of the World Series now and um, always, a, always a sad time in the poker players because you've got to wait another year to play the main event. We do have those great events coming up Obviously, we're alluding to earlier, you'll, you'll be traveling to Russia and the UK and the Bahamas over the next few months, and of course, Kings. Where would you say, though, is your favorite place to travel when you're not playing poker? Maybe uh, I think my favorite is Japan, because, uh, I mean, I love Korea, but I've been living there like uh, six years, so I kind of know more of it. So Japan, I still have a lot more to discover, you know? And also, like, when you live somewhere, it's I mean, it's nice, and I love Korea, but when you live somewhere for so long, you think your perception changes a little bit, you know? And it's always like, whatever is rare is always more fun, you know? Uh, I, but I like to travel to like a few different uh, places. I, I really like to travel because it just changes, breaking the monotony, you know, and discovering like just so different, you know. I mean, I'm in Vegas, and then like uh, next week I'm going back to Prague, and it's just like polar opposites, you know. And it's like and it's fun, and then you go to like Sochi, and it's even more. It's like different. Like no matter how much I like one place, I think I I don't want to be like in the same place all the time, you know. It's just I like I like the change of scenario and uh, totally different experience. I think it's fun, yeah. I know you've got back into esports as well to some level with Team Liquid, right? So you you joined them a few years ago. A few years back, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. What's what does that entail for you now? What? How... But actually, uh, so I joined them like uh, and I was uh, playing Hearthstone, but uh, nowadays it's like I play a little bit less. It's really tough to uh, to compete in uh, both poker and Hearthstone, and like this, it's a great game, but the way the system works is like. So you get like a ranking every month, and if you don't play the last two days of the month, then it's impossible to get high rank. So it's like you need to like uh, play so much to qualify for the tournaments. It's like it's so time consuming. It's like almost Im- it's not really compatible with like uh, playing a lot of poker, unfortunately. 
but I still love to like uh, watch his sports, and I'm like, I'm really glad he became became so big now. It's like pretty cr- yeah, pretty I mean, crazy. I mean, I always knew it was gonna get bigger, but it's still nice to see it uh, develop. And I think it's only the beginning too. You know, like it's just gonna get bigger ag- yeah. again because like like all our generation, we played games before, we watch it and we enjoy it, and then like all the new generation, they just like play video games now. Actually, they play like much less sport than uh, like regular sport than before. Right. You know, like esports is definitely like the thing that you. Even in Korea, like uh, 20 years ago, that was kind of the case because uh, they didn't have as much space to have like uh, a ground to play like regular sports. Right, so okay. people, they just like, they go underground in like an uh, internet cafe and they all play together like uh, two video games and then uh, and it's just going to become like, now everybody does it and it's just kind of like all your friends play one game and you just play a game just to be with your friends. It's more like a social thing, you know? After school, instead of going to do something, they just go to like internet cafe and play together. Myself, as as a kid, I have my my brother is only eighteen months younger than me, so we grew up together. And we always used to play video games, and your your friends would play video games. It's amazing now to think things like Twitch, like Twitch is an amazing platform yeah. where you can just watch people playing these games, and it's so cool. And if I think if that was around when I was younger, I'd have been much more into gaming. Yeah, yeah, of than course. Perhaps I was, and it's looking from the outside, it's come almost out of nowhere. I know, obviously, it's been running for a long time, but the explosion. It's pretty insane and pretty exciting space to imagine yeah, to be yeah, in. It's, it's going, it, it went like uh, really quick. So I knew it was going to happen, but it like skyrocketing pretty hard the last couple of years, I think, actually. Even like there was, there's been a spot for years, but it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more mainstream. And, and now I think they have the, they're going to, actually they have like, they're going to have like the Overwatch League on uh, on ESPN too. Oh, wow. I think they signed like a couple of days ago, like a deal with Blizzard and uh, ESPN and uh, Disney and it's, uh, <laughs> pretty crazy yeah but uh, i think it makes a lot of sense you know because like more people play it and it's really exciting to watch and actually in some ways like well, for me it's much more exciting like regular sport because like actually it's kind of similar to poker so i love playing poker but most of the time watching it kind of sucks to be honest because when the game was created like people it was not designed to be entertaining to watch you know like it's really sure. great and fun to play poker but like Watching like uh, on Twitch or on a broadcast is fine on ESPN, but like watching live is like til- I, I don't understand how people do it actually. It's Stand like there you can watch a table, you can't. But see the thing any you cards. can't even see anything. You can't even see the stack, the table, the action, yeah. the cards. First, it's really slow, okay, and then you can't see anything. Like your angle of view is like blocked, so you can't see anything, and it's just so slow. And I don't understand like how people like stand on the rail for like hours. It's just like besides <laughs> me to be on, to be honest, you know. Like as much as I love playing poker, it's yeah, like you- watching is like can do it so and i think a lot of sports also like kind of fun to watch but they're not necessarily uh designed for entertainment and to be watched and now the new games that are coming out actually they're like they're going to be designed for the excitement and the engagement of the oh, wow. of the viewers right so it's going to be like i think it's going to be much more fun because like people who they they care about the people who play but also about like the, they care about the viewing and the experience so i think that's uh that's going to be even better because, like, the same as a sport, like, I mean, they're fun to watch, but, like, they're not, like, football is kind of slow, actually, you know? Yeah, no. Actually, yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, nine minutes, most of the time nothing happens. It's, like, so, slow, slow. It's, like, you know, it's, like, when there's action, like, uh, and uh, now, like, most of the games that come out, it's, like, nonstop action. Something happens all the time, and it's, like, more, like, action pace and uh, excited, you know? No, just with the esports, obviously, there is a huge crossover with poker, not just in people like you who obviously it suits your mind both games but yeah, yeah of course yeah in vegas especially as they built the esports arena now have you checked it out have uh, i haven't been actually i want to go i'm gonna go i think before i leave i went down there been? Um, yeah it's nice yeah i went down there it was really interesting because i say i was into games when i was younger but i went down there 
actually to watch the Vegas Knights, one of their Stanley Cup matches. Oh. They put it on the big screen down there. Oh, I see. And I got invited down there to go watch it. And I was just amazed at the whole arena there. And they just had dozens of gaming stations and stuff. And they even had old school games. So in the entrance there, there was a N64 with Goldeneye, which was, you know, oh. I remember growing up, was like one of the games I used to play all the time. It was pretty cool playing all these different games whilst we were there watching the hockey. But that's something that I can't even imagine could have been a thing two or three years ago, an esports arena in Vegas. But now, not only is it there, not only is it really busy, but the WPT taking all their final tables there and they're trying to integrate it into the esports market, which is kind of crazy, right? Because people were thinking, we'll get gamers from esports into poker. But now it's almost a little bit going the other way. Esports is trying to bring poker in. It maybe draws new people to esports and people who are fans of poker might be fans of esports on TV. Is it getting bigger in France as well? Uh, yeah, it's getting bigger. I think it's getting bigger everywhere in the world. It's like uh, eSport also became, uh, always going to become popular, but I think the technological improvements, they they really able it to get uh, bigger. And I think like technology is always improving, right? It's not going to stop now. So as it gets even uh, better with like the VR tech and uh, AR tech, I think it's going to improve the experience uh, a lot more, a lot more as well. Now you're going to have games and you can just like watch at home and like, feel much more immersed uh, in the future as well. So I think like uh, just the beginning of the esports revolution, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's interesting what you're saying there because it's it's grown so fast and certain, certainly the audience has grown up so fast with esports that perhaps it is still so new that they're not too, like you say, a lot of people watching these streams because they're entertaining rather than the purists of the game who maybe wanted to see the best in the world play. But maybe that's something that will, will grow as more people get into it. They're going to want to watch the best players play more than just... Oh, this guy's kind of fun to watch. Uh, I think there's, there's uh, um, there are people gonna the public for both, you know. Like, yeah. uh, so some people they like to they like to watch. But the thing is, like, when you watch the best players, usually they already have those kind of broadcasts with like a uh, uh, competition, and like you can watch it. You can watch it like like the tournaments live on their like the which are stream. So you usually see them perform anyways, right? So, but like whereas like. Uh, some people they just like mostly they watch to be entertained because like it's it's entertaining to watch somebody really good at the game too but it's also entertaining to watch some like someone uh, having fun playing or uh, I think the yeah there's gonna be like a audience for both and for people who are like people who are really good or people who are entertaining or people who are like uh, teaching teaching as well like educa yeah. educating content is also like uh, it's also really good because um, because with the interaction it can like it's very nice to be able to talk to the person that you're watching and to like ask questions and it can be like it can, it can be a pretty great platform to uh, to learn uh, to learn as well if you're looking to get better at uh, at anything we do a regular segment on the podcast called feeling flush i'm gonna fire you some quick fire questions so uh elki what was the best song ever released oh man fuck it's too hard actually <laughs> uh, i like uh starlight from muse okay how about uh Poker players were gamblers. What's one thing that you would would never bet on? Is there anything you wouldn't bet on? I think I would never bet on. I don't know. I like to bet actually if I watch or if I have some, it's, it's makes it makes it it makes it fun as long as as long as I have decent odds, you know. <laughs> I think you can bet on anything pretty much. I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'll bet on anything. I don't know, whatever. How about this? Give me three famous people that you'd love to share a poker table with. Three famous people. Non-poker, non you know, like who, who would you okay. sit there having an evening playing poker, you know, be kind of cool. Three three, three famous people you might do that with. Uh, what do I want to do this with? 
<laughs> no. Probably Elon Musk. Elon Musk will be fun. That'd be cool. That'd be cool guy. I mean, I, I see that both ways. He's obviously a super interesting guy, but also a billionaire. So it's a good idea to play poker yeah, with him. Yeah, Maybe it's, it's his first time. It's perfect, actually. <laughs> Elon Musk would be great. And uh, he's a lot, actually. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, I guess with, with Elon Musk, that's it's obviously someone, you know, he's obviously a very interesting guy. Is that uh, his sort of... Uh, Project things that interest you, like obviously his quest to get yeah, to Mars. Yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's shipping, he's trying to f- shape the future of mankind. You know, so it's uh, really like, I think also uh, maybe it'll be uh, Stephen Stephen Hawking. Oh uh, yeah, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, and uh, I'll say Schwarzenegger. I was a fan when I was I w- when I was little. That's why you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wanted to be I wanted to be like Arnold when I was very small because I was watching movies and he was selfie people all the time. Like wow. <laughs> but I think he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool that guy be, too. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, that, that's cool. I mean, different, different. Well, you know, I like to like uh, mix it up and uh, well, like he's such. A, a he's a guy who's led an exceptionally interesting life, right? Yeah, it's like crazy. It's crazy. As a bodybuilder, ends up being governor of California. I that's mean, the who, sickest life, actually. Yeah, yeah it's incredi- <laughs> he must have incredible stories. So yeah, that'd be that'd be quite a fun table. Stephen Hawking, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Elon Musk, and Elton. Have you seen open? Like, of course. I mean, we can keep you here all day. Okay, we can. I know. We can talk for hours and hours on end on about poker and esports, but unless we do have to let you go, you've got a, a big day to well, hopefully a big day hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully a big day tomorrow. Maybe I burst into a hand. It's, it's, it's starting off as not a big day, you like know? you say. There'll be a couple hundred players left, but you, you never know. It's That's the great thing about poker. You never know if you have like few chip and you can win, or if you're chip leader and you're busting like uh, in a few hands. But hopefully, uh, it's a long day, long and great day. Okay, well, Elki, thank you very much for your time. And Thanks, James. You. That was a lot of fun. Best of luck tomorrow. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and comment as I want you guys to be part of this as well. But for now, I've been James Dempsey, and this has been The Poker Podcast. Ooh.